the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Talking stock, talking markets, talking retirement. This morning at 4 o'clock, I turned on CNBC and Bloomberg, and I was like, uh-oh, what's the problem? Trade skirmish is not a trade war, but we're talking trade war. Soybean, planes, and autos are in the crosshairs. we got companies like Boeing and Ford and Tesla who make said vehicles. And uh, soybean, that's something China needs from the United States, and they're willing to tariff it. Autos, not something they need, but they're willing to tariff it already and then tariff it again. 25% on top of 25%. So they're taking the gloves off. It's becoming very public. The market has a a jerk-like reaction. Um, Is it uh, knee-jerk-like reaction? Not, 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 not unexpectedly. Not for without reason. Market's already at a 200-day moving average, so a lot going on here. But a trade war is months away. And this could be the opening salvo of ask for a million and settle for 500,000. This could be the opening salvo of I want everything, I'll settle for half. We'll see. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. You've heard him this morning on New Focus on Wealth, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. here on AM 1220 KDOW. How are you, Mr. Burton? Good, good. I was talking about at 6 a.m. too, that the, the whole tax cut that we received felt like yeah. a precursor, almost like, hey, you know, we're going to do this. We're not going to tell everybody we're going to do this first, but we're going to give everybody a tax cut, including corporations, to help their bottom line as we get through this renegotiation of deals that were done 20 to 25 years ago. Um, so a lot of these deals do need to up, be updated. It's just, you know, the the chaotic communication as we go through this, that's been the problem that the market doesn't like, because the market doesn't like uncertainty. They would rather, the, the, the way that traders react is that as long as they know it's a bad deal and it's they're certain it's a bad deal, they feel better about that than we don't know what's going on. Um, so volatility in the short term, it means nothing really for long-term investors that you know, have 10, 15, 20-year time horizons. It means absolutely nothing. All good content. Um, I remember growing up as a child, and this is to me kind of what this is. Um, you know, Made in Japan was a big thing on all the toys that I bought or all the toys my parents bought because I didn't have a job as a kid. Um, and then it turned into Made in Indonesia, Made in Taiwan, Made in China. Uh, our relationship with China is developing. It's, it's getting stronger, but there still is a pretty big deficit of they consume fewer of our goods than we consume of theirs. Um, I like what Trump is doing on, a, on one level, like you said, renegotiating something 25 years old, um, if not longer. On the other hand, doing it publicly ain't cool. Um, yeah, China doesn't like to be embarrassed, per se. Go ahead. 
You, right, right. And that's the, you know, is this the, really the art of the deal or is this just something else here? So that's what I think people are concerned about is how that, that will play out or will everybody come to the table and act like gentlemen? Um, but, yeah, we had the situation where this outsourcing helped us all for a long time, right, Rob? I mean, we talked about this all the time. You always talk about when's the last time you paid more for a DVD player. And now nobody even buys a DVD player. They just have Netflix. Um, or you buy a DVD player and you throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> you buy a DVD player, play a DVD, and throw it away because it costs five bucks. Exactly. So um, everybody was paying less for goods, and that actually helped the middle class. But then there's just no incentive. There has been no incentive for any manufacturing, any middle class jobs growth. And you see that. I mean, you see a lack of, of middle class job growth you, unless you're highly educated in a service-oriented field where there needs to be a human touch. It's, it's a little bit scary going forward. So these trade deals do need to be renegotiated. When, when you can import a car from China here with very little tariff, but you can't you know, send one built here to China without major problems, that's not fair. It's not fair, but it's also we are the world's consumer. It's something, you know, for better or for worse, like you have an oldest son, for better or for worse, he's the oldest son, he needs to set the example. Um, and we do have a wealthier nation than China does, and we do have a wealthier nation than most other nations do, so we should be consuming more. But uh, when you're president and you're elected on the promise of make America great again, and back in the 70s you had Bruce Springsteen in the 80s doing Born in the USA, we're kind of harkening back to that era where... I do fear, Chad, that rhetoric can lead to a recession when it doesn't have to, because the ADP jobs report was pretty spectacular this morning. It, it was great. And it was good because it was followed by that with the ISM number yesterday that was showing kind of weak new orders at factory type of a situation. So, um, And then we had auto sales, G, coming out saying we're not going to do this on a monthly basis, which is something that economists really stressed out over because they really look at that as a precursor how the consumer is doing. Um, oh. So that ADP job growth, I think that's something we're going to all have to pay more attention to, but we're also in an economy where people are doing multiple jobs to get by, um, whether it's on Etsy or Uber or whatever. So um, things things are still really good. These tax cuts are going to help grow business in the U.S. Uh, we're starting to see a little bit of wage inflation, which, we, which is healthy. Um, so we've had a pullback, Rob, that was just pulling back the massive gains that we had through February, right? And and so the market is still in pretty good shape. Are we overdue for a correction? Yeah. But does that mean you try to go in and all out and guess sectors to be in, guess when to be all in and all out? No, you're just going to make massive mistakes if you try to play that game. Yeah. The, the, taking a look at where the market is now versus where it opened, it, it's, we're, we're kind of, I'm not going to say we're in good shape, but it's, it's not getting worse yet. Um, my fear is, is that you never see a recession coming. And you and I could sit there today and say the jobs looks good. You know, this is just rhetoric. You know, no tariffs have gone into effect yet. Maybe they'll sit down at the table later. But sometimes, like today, it could be like Russia invades somewhere. Like it's going to be something we don't see coming. This is almost too obvious. So it doesn't seem to worry you or me because we see this right. one coming. Do you see where I'm going at with yeah. that conversation? I do. I think the only thing that you can see as a precursor recession is an inverted yield curve. That tends to say, okay, yeah, we're going to go through a bit of a recession here. But okay. if, you, if you do your portfolio right, that's when you have your shopping list ready. That's not when you say, oh, I'm going to go all cash or raise 20 30% just because everybody already knows we're already going into a recession. That's right. when the buying opportunities for the next decade occur. Okay. It's kind of interesting. So... Um 
Taking a look at some of the things on the tariff list, it started off very, very small, $3 billion. Now it's jumps to $53 billion, still not even close to the $350 billion deficit that we have with China. Is, is there a way to play this? For instance, the first thought that came to my head was go after healthcare stocks because we need healthcare in good economies, bad economies. And even though our doctors may be in, born in Asia, coming to the United States, getting an education, a large majority, it's still a U.S.-based thing kind of thing. And then like a Wells Fargo mortgages in the United States. Any final thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's, you still want to own all the sectors. I mean, even okay. if they don't feel like they're doing well, that's probably when they're going to probably do well in the next two or three years. But if you are overweight in any stocks within a sector that have really high P.E. ratios, we're gotcha. coming into more of a specific value-oriented market where people are going to pay attention to the price they pay finally. Um, so I would say just de-risk on your really expensive stuff, um, but still own a lot of everything and make sure you have enough cash. If you need cash in the next year, it should be out of the market. If, you have, if you're retired, you need three years' worth of portfolio draws in cash. Other than that, stay invested and enjoy the dividends and the interest from the bonds. Go to newfocusfinancial.com. Grab Chad's content on his podcast. It's there. Also, he'll be at the Retirement Income Strategies Estate Planning Seminar in Cupertino on May 3rd. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Hello, hello. The trade war gets real. It's on like Donkey Kong. I guess that's more of a trade war between us and Japan, because I do believe that Donkey Kong is a Japanese citizen. But some people would say he might be from Italy. Some people might say he's from South Africa. Um, I don't know. But the trade war gets real. What started off as a white glove affair, $3 billion, has turned into $50 billion. And China doesn't like to be embarrassed publicly. There's a cheerful hope that the worst of the trade war is behind us. There is a concern that when you have a pause to reflect, like, what if this gets real? Let's take a look at our portfolio that it can actually become a real correction, which can actually become a real bear market. They're not that far off, and the way things are moving these days, it could be like a day or two because of the volatility. I'm not concerned. I see things in life as cyclical and as compromises and as pendulum swings. There's very few people in the world who like pendulum swings. I do. Um, Back in the 1980s, Bruce Springsteen was popular. Glory days, dancing in the dark, born in the USA. And the 90s came along, and we started getting worried about Japan buying all of New York City and the Seattle Mariners. And Japan had its day. And the Japan, we saw that their demographics got old. And Japan's economy started to struggle. And it's never fully recovered. And the 2000s, oh man, did we enjoy those, those, those things called the internet, right? And the great equalizer in th- terms of, I don't want to pay $15 for a CD. Now you pay $15 for unlimited music. You just don't own it. So instead of paying $15 for 12 CDs a year, you're paying $15 for unlimited music per year. 
chicken. You just don't own it. Now, savvy people out there who like to break the law, I also like to refer to them as criminals. Um, thank you. They, uh, they figured out ways to get the music and burn it and keep it for free. And that's fine. I get it. I remember when I was under the age of 25, I probably believed, like, screw this. Michael Jackson has enough money. And uh, uh, the, the record company has enough money. I deserve Michael Jackson for free. And I didn't. He's an artist and he deserved to be paid. Um, and then you get into, how does that bleed into China? Well, China has been destroying intellectual property rights for hundreds of years. But in particular, with our media in recent years. And it's a problem. What's your problem? Intellectual property is a problem. So where do we go with this? We've kind of put ourselves, and this is what what I, I fear, we're putting our backs against the wall. This has happened before, and with the worst consequences ever, it, it happened in World War I, the Great War, the, the war to end all wars, and it was global. Now, this is global trade war, not global world war. It lasted for a while, and what happened was two great nations had their backs put against the wall, at least two. I don't know history as well as I should. Over 9 million military personnel died, including 60 million Europeans that were mobilized in one of the largest um, wars in history. So 7 million civilians died, 9 million combatants, and all because of Austria and Hungary. And you're going, what? I thought it was all about Germany and Russia and the UK and trench warfare. No, it was all because of the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria. And there was a diplomatic crisis which escalated where Austria said, hey, Russia, you got our back. And, you know, uh, hey, Serbia, uh, Hungary, um, Germany, do you have our back? And, like, suddenly we were pressured and put into a situation where there was an ultimatum. Germany presented an ultimatum to Russia to demobilize. Russia was the first to order partial mobilization of its armies. When July's, uh, in July that year, Austria-Hungary declared war on Serbia. Austria declares war on Serbia. Should we even care? Couldn't it have just been the Austrian-Serbian war? Nope. Russia decided we're going to help out. Bad idea from a global war issue. Now, again, I don't know all the stuff, and I can't even spell Alsace-Lorraine. You ask me to find Luxembourg on a map, I'll get it on the right continent, and that's about it. You ask me about trench lines and battle of attrition and hungry soldiers and bayonets and western fronts and modernization of weapons, and I, I, I don't know all that stuff. That's for the History Channel, also known as the Hitler Channel. Every time I turn on the History Channel, it seems to be a documentary on Hitler, right? I don't know all this stuff. But that's what we fear here is that Trump is pulling a mistake, a card out of history, of putting someone's back against the wall. China, you've got a $350 billion deficit with the United States. He'll say $500 billion because don't ever let the facts get in the way of a good story. I know what's good and bad. And then China comes back and goes, you know... Uh, we don't need all your wheat, and you know we'll, we'll be okay. So uh, you 
you go three billion at us, we'll go three billion at you. Now, then, you know, Trump escalates it last night. Trump rolls out a massive list of fifty billion dollars worth of Chinese products that will face new tariffs, taxes. And this is bad because A, we're not going to make them, or B, if we send them to China, they're going to tax their people more. And it doesn't make any sense. It's like the costs go crazy. And it, it, it turns from a, a war on, you know, let's, let's, let's throw in machinery, let's throw in agricultural equipment. You know, um, if you've ever seen like a John Deere and then next to a big John Deere tractor, you see like a Yokohama. And I'm just making up the name. I've seen something that says Yoko, but that's not Yoko Ono. It's Yoko something. I don't know if it's from China or Japan, but we want deer products bought. We don't want their products bought. Not in the U.S., but we have to do it because what's good for us is good for them. We get low-cost goods. Our quality of life goes up. And then it's born in the USA yet again. We're back in the 80s. Does this war have stickiness? Or does this war lead us to the table to talk? It's a good question. When does it escalate? And when do the first bullets really get fired? Not for a while. It's a war of words right now. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I must admit, I cannot lie. So said George Washington. I'm a big fan of John Cougar. I was just telling Mr. Producer Man extraordinaire, Mank, who is thrilled, that I love Johnny Cougar. John Cougar, John Cougar Mellencamp, John J. Mellencamp, Johnny Cougar and the Cats. I grew up with this, and they basically say things that you grow up with, you don't change too much. This is USA to me. This is Bob Dylan. This is Woody Guthrie. This is James Brown. This is the Rolling Stones, which isn't very USA. This is Bruce Springsteen to me. It's American music. Writes his own music, most of it, I believe. Rose the fame in the 1980s. Oddly enough, (laughs) that's when we had a lot of problems in the United States with Russia. Tear down that wall with Germany. With Japan. It's a love-hate relationship when you have these globalization issues. We have great American companies like Boeing and Exxon and Apple and Microsoft who all do business globally. Conglomerates were made on globalization, not on populism. And yeah, we run into a little populism for sure with Reagan and trying to bring pride back to the United States and Trump trying to bring pride in theory. And again, I'm not speaking for any, any political angle here. I'm not that guy. What I can say is I'm not that stressed by what we're seeing right now because what goes around comes around. And sometimes the pendulum needs to swing back. Globalization can get out of control. And sometimes we need to look at contracts that we signed and say, is this still a good deal? People get remarried for a reason. Why? They renew their vows? Because things change. You don't really love people in sickness and health. 
Maybe you do. <laughs> I don't. I might run. Um, <clears throat> you're sick. You stay in that wing. I know you're saying Rob Bellack has wings in his homes. <clears throat> I've got wings. I've got encampments. I've got entombments. You ask. I got it. But, yeah, so we renew our vows on occasion because it makes sense, right? You want to tell the person you still love them or you, how, how do we work together? Because that's what wedding vows are, is how do we work together? We see bumpy things happening down the road. So let's talk about sickness and wealth and poverty and in health and in good times and bad times. You know, maybe if we were honest, <clears throat> our wedding vows <clears throat> would sound something more like, I'll love you when you've got big thighs. I'll love you when you've got a big belly. I'll love you when you lose your job. <laughs> maybe not as much. I really like your job. So trade wars happen. They're normal. They're healthy. I love them. Um, down markets happen. I don't think we're in a trade war with China yet. I think we've lost a trade war. So says Donald Trump. And there's some truth to that. If you ask Microsoft how many versions of Windows have been copied, pirated. If you ask Apple how many phones have been ripped off and reverse engineered the moment they're released. And sometimes when we build the phones in China, they're, they're reverse engineered before they even come to the United States. It's unfair. It's wrong. When you have a country that's based in communism that starts to switch to capitalism, the switch isn't smooth. That's one thing I can tell you for darn certain. Switches, changes are never non-turbulent. We moved from a stock market and an economy that was loving low interest rates to a stock market that's loving growth in the U.S. economy, job growth, a little bit of wage growth, and that transition's tough. It may not sound like a tough one, but it is. Right now, we got a world economy that's going great, and it's like, whatever you do, let's, let's not rock that boat. And what do we do? We rock that boat. R-O-C-K in the U-S-A. You follow me? Eh? Eh? It could be a lonely old night on Wall Street if you're looking for comfort. Because there ain't none right now. Especially if you've never seen a, a market play with its 200-day moving average. I, I, I'm not in a 12-step program at this point in time. But at some point in time, I think we all study 12-step programs. I studied small groups in college. And how small groups work together. There's typically a leader. There's typically a follower. There's typically like a mother, maternal type figure. And in small groups, one of the things you have to do, I, I studied um, AA. So but there's not a lot of information unless you go to AA. And there's books and you could read them. But you have to admit that you have a problem. And right now I'm admitting, not that I'm an alcoholic or a workaholic or any type of holic. What I'm admitting is that I'm in a market that's changing. It was easy money in 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17. And at the tail end of 2017, it started to change ever so slightly. It started to accelerate. And that's like, it was almost too good to be true. So now we're transitioning to a reality. And now we're at a 200-day moving average brink with a president who's probably saying all the wrong things if you care about the stock market. I don't know. We may have to go back to farm aid concerts, not because American farmers have lost their farm and conglomerates have moved in, as Johnny Cougar so championed in the 80s with farm aid. We were in a... Oh, God, we're back. We're back. 
back. So Farm Aid actually has changed America because Congress passed the Agricultural Credit Act of 1987. And you've seen people like Dave Matthews, John Cougar, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, Willie Nelson, all stand up for American farmers. And on some level, I think we need to look at this current situation that we're in and like stop and pause and reflect. We have an economy that's roaring in technology, not in farms. And our society has changed a lot. We were a farming nation. That's how we were founded. Then we became an industrial nation. In times of war, we figured it out. And then we started kicking butt in Silicon Valley and technology. And the importance of farming and the importance of industrials kind of started to diminish. And we said, you know what? We can get oranges in Peru. We don't need to, you know, go whole whole hog or almonds from California, which is another country if you're outside of the United States. Uh, in the minds of President Trump. And then with the industrial, like we used to be able to outmanufacture the world. And then we were just like, you know what? You have to pay people to run these machines. And then you get a guy like uh, Elon Musk now where you see the industrialization he's doing in cars is crazy. It's unbelievable. If there's one thing that Musk may be known for in the future is his industrialization capabilities. So he's pushing people out of American factories and making it cheaper to make stuff here than overseas. Whereas overseas things were manufactured on an industrial basis because it was cheap labor. So we'll see. The market woke up this morning, the stock market in the United States, and looked at Europe and goes, what's going on? Why is everything down so much? Wait, wait. When I went to bed last night, there was no Trump raising the tariff game. And then China instantly responds. China ain't stupid. Now... With all this out there, when you start looking at what's subject to duties and not, it, it kind of gets kind of crazy. <laughs> but it starts to hit a lot of industries, right? Industries, not industrials. Um, liquefied propane. Gasoline trucks of less than five tons. Transmissions and parts for motor vehicles. Elsewhere on the list, you can see off-road vehicles with discharge capacity of less than four liters. Diesel-powered off-road vehicles with discharge capacity of two and a half liters. Like passenger cars, off-road vehicles, some small trucks, SUVs, reconstituted tobacco. Oh, boy. I don't even know what reconstituted tobacco is. Hookah tobacco. Oh, my God. Please don't, t- please don't put hookah tobacco on the list. We need, we need our millennials to be able to go to their hookah bars and smoke their hookah pipes. And with no hookah tobacco, who's gonna hook a who, who's gonna hook a you up with hookah tobacco? Right? Good. I agree. So tobacco waste is actually a product on the list. What is tobacco waste? I don't even want to think what tobacco waste is. Frozen orange juice versus regular orange juice. I, I'm good with that one. You can have, we can keep frozen orange juice on the list. I think there's nothing worse than non-fresh squeezed orange juice because I once knew a millennial who would only drink fresh squeezed. Is that fresh squeezed? Is that fresh squeezed? Is it fresh squeezed? Corn flour, corn, soybeans. It's all Johnny Cougar Day celebrating born in the USA and the, the, the trade wars are on like Donkey Kong. 
Do you hear some sarcasm in the voice? This is all about getting us to sit down at the table, unless, of course, it's not. Then it's going to become a problem. And we'll be talking about a recession down the road. Find me online at robloxshow.com. You and me! Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Something about that. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. So, of course, we play Johnny Cougar. When the markets are focused on U.S.-centric issues. Now, today we're focused on U.S.-centric issues because the trade war is potentially escalating. A great American company like Boeing is under attack. And it doesn't feel good. It hurts so good if you want to buy the stock. Boeing is a victim. Here it is. It's a Come on, you gotta love this hook. So this is love, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on with China and the United States? It's really just a dance of seduction. At this point in time, both China and the U.S. want to be the male partner. They both want the lead. They both want to be one leg up on each other. Now, for years and years and years, we've kind of been frenemies. We want them to consume our goods, but they want us to consume theirs. Now, we get a lot of cheap stuff built, and then we started getting some expensive stuff built, too. It used to be things like sneakers or plastic. It started with plastic toys, right? And then it turned into sneakers, and then it turned into iPhones. So Boeing is a big victim on the latest list of potential trade war tariffs. Now keep in mind, right now it's only a list. In a tit-for-tat response to Trump, China announced the planned levy, 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 on aircraft in the weight range that would include some various forms of Boeing 737 jets. Single-aisle planes dominated. Now, that's a good position to be in if you're Boeing. But right now, Airbus is probably going, woohoo! Between Boeing and Airbus, they account for about 75% of all single-aisle planes. The two world's largest economies are trying to be that gorilla alpha male, right? The silverback. There could be only one Highlander. And some presidents in the past have kind of looked at it as diplomatic negotiations. Our current president is kind of looking at it as like, this seems wrong. He's inflating the numbers of trade war deficit issues. But you can't argue that we consume more of their goods than they consume of ours, and they've got more people than we do. But we also have more wealth per capita than they do, for now. So on a day like today, I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to look at companies that have no exposure to China, that if things get worse, I'm comfortable with. And then I'm going to look at things that have a lot of exposure, like Boeing, that if things get worse, they're going to get hit. And I'm going to love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I've got these $400. Love it. I've got these $400 Manila Blahniks. When they go on sale for $300, I'm excited. They're expensive women's shoes. I know you're saying, you like expensive women's shoes? No. 
But what I'm trying to say is it's still an expensive pair of shoes at 300 versus 400, but 300 is better than 400. So that's what I'm going to look at Boeing and say, man, that stock's been on a roll for the last two years. I can't buy that. Wait, wait, wait. Now it's down? I can buy it? Oh, but this China thing could last for a while? Okay, I'll do it. I've always wanted to own it. Here's your opportunity. When opportunity are knocking, answer the door. Don't use the home security system where you can kind of look outside and cautiously see. Opportunity knocks. Hello? Who is it? It's the blummer. I've come to fix your sink. And later on in that skit, you learn that the person saying hello is just a parrot. And the plumber gets tired and screams and dies. Hello? It's the only word a parrot can say. Who is it? So today, if I want to be cautious, I'm going to look at CSX. Because they make choo-choo trains. And they deliver stuff from Mexico and from Asia. And it's kind of a monopoly that they're involved in. We're still going to need trains. I'll look at CVS Healthcare. Because last time I looked, we didn't have to go to China to get our healthcare. I'll look at Dollar General. I know you're saying, isn't Dollar General packed with stuff made in China? Yeah. But it's also based on the U.S. economy and based on jobs in America. And Americans love cheap stuff. I like my liquor cheap, my women cheap, <laughs> and my plastic toys cheap, right? <sighs> That's terrible. That's terrible. Charles Barkley is not going to be a spokesperson for Apple. It's terrible. So That's who else terrible. would I like in a time like this? Wells Fargo? Uh-huh. Because they do mortgages in the U.S. and banking in the U.S. No branches in China. Although some people would say that a lot of Chinese are buying homes in America. But they're using cash and they're actually skipping Wells Fargo. Verizon. No business in China. Public storage. It's a real estate investment trust where Americans continue to buy a lot of stuff from China. It, it loads up our garages and we go, we got to go get a public storage unit. Although it's filled with goods from China, you pay your bills in American doleros. Into it, great American company with very little Chinese exposure. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Come to a seminar. Go to robblackshow.com and find out about seminars coming up. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.